Sometimes we go, boy, I'd like to go to heaven. I said, I want heaven now. And I, I, I want to go to heaven, whatever that means in a person's mind. But I believe that heaven is now. I believe the God of heaven and earth is with us and dwelling and, and wanting to do something great in our lives today. Amen. Amen. I just, I release that in this house. I release it in this country. The greatness and the goodness of God wants to do something great in your life today in Jesus' name. And with that, I'm going to introduce uh, Pastor Tom Ramsey. Bless you, brother. Love you, man. Wow. Thank you, praise and worship team. Fantastic. Thank you, Isaac. <laughs> you know, you just, some guys, you know, sometimes you just look at a guy and you know what he's going through right away when Jake says go through that. I was with you the whole time, though. I just felt it. I was like, thank you, Jesus. You know, when Jamie opens up and she's like, whether you feel like it or not, you go, oh, yeah, that's the word of the Lord. <laughs> Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit, Father. We thank you for the presence of God. We thank you for your family, Lord. And God, we thank you that you bring us to your word, and your word becomes life to us, Lord Jesus. It becomes a light and a lamp unto thy feet, Lord. And I pray, Lord, this morning that the word comes forth, and it's like a light and a light unto our feet, Father God, and a path, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 1-800-NEED-CASH-NOW. You guys ever heard of that commercial? As I was thinking about, I was thinking about heaven now. I think about that one commercial. It's like, it's your money, and you need it now. <laughs> heaven now. But isn't that true? Isn't there moments in life where you just need the money now? I need something to happen now. And I love the title, Heaven Now. I don't think we need to wait for a conference. We need something now, right? So why don't we enjoy that right now? As we were having worship this morning, uh, it was like you make a decision uh, to say, you know what, I'm going to enjoy this now. I'm going to worship God now. And he begins to honor that because he knows you need that. Um, when I was thinking this morning uh, about what to share, I heard this word called morale. You guys know what morale means? I had to look it up because sometimes the definition, but it, it's, an, it's the mental or emotional condition, right, of an individual or group with regard to a function or task. Okay, so it's our mental and emotional condition of an individual or group regard to a function on task, right? And, and you can relate this to sports. You can relate this to different things that God, you can rate the, the purposes of my life, what God has for me. How is my morale? What is my emotional condition, mental condition, morale towards what God has for me, towards me being a father, towards the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> they lose you guys so fast, I had to bring you back. Right? I want, the thing about sports is this. It just seems like there's always winners and losers, right? Every Sunday, someone's going to win, and somebody's going to lose, and there's going to be a mental, emotional thing. Now, you, people laugh about that, but I've been there, and I've done that. So I don't think it's funny because <laughs> it's like, oh, why you get so emotionally? I want to be on a team that we can all win. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Can I be on a team or something where we all can win? Is there, is there, is there a place where everybody can join and be on the winning team? 
doesn't exist on earth, but it exists on heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. I want heaven now. I want heaven in my marriage. I want heaven in my heart towards everything that I'm going through. And I want it now. And the great thing about Christ is, is that we have an inheritance in Christ is that we can have it now. That we can have it now. And morale, um, that part of the journey, when God wants to reveal something uh, to us about who we are, is so important. And that's why in James, and I'm going to read the scripture, I've read it before. But he says, Dear brothers and sisters, this is James chapter 1, and it's 2 through 4. Do you have your Bibles? We got kids at church. Do we have them? Well, oh, Will? <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't say your name. Hey, you know. Um, but the Bibles, we bring the kids to bring their Bibles, right? And how many times do we check out and we don't, we don't bring them? I've, I've done that too. But it helps me keep focused, and the kids are doing fantastic. Your kids are awesome. So I, we really enjoy them bringing their Bibles and stuff. But it says this in James Chapter 1, 2, verse through 4, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. I have a question. I've, we've read this many times. But how do I get produce out of my life? How does God's heaven produce in my life? When does it become evident? When does it come forth? It comes forth, and he says, when there are different trials. And we can call it earth, the way earth is around us. Earth is, happens all the time. We could say earth happens. Life's circumstances collide with us, and we have choices and decisions to make. It's the mortgage. It's the payments. It's the relationships. It's the call of God in life that collides with just our own understanding here on earth. So there's a collision, and it's a trial, and it's a situation. But it says, it's the testing of your faith that produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I want to be complete. I want to be the complete game changer, NFL quarterback, engineer, father, Mother, I want to be complete. I don't want to lack anything. And part of discovering something in me that I might be lacking is when a trial comes and I have a response, I have something that happens to me that reveals who, who Christ can be for me, right? Who God can really be for me now that I am facing fatherhood. I'm a father for the first time, right? I'm a worker out there for the first time. I have a call of God on my life, and I'm wondering how that's going to hit the road. And he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face these things. It's like, how could I consider it joy when something difficult happens, right? How can I consider it all joy? But knowing this, he said, that this will prove to you who your God is. Does that sound better? But this trial will prove to you how big and how strong and how mighty your God really is for you. And without that trial, you would never know. And you would never see produce. You grow a garden. Do you have a garden, Linda? Does anything come out of that garden? Oh, awesome. Mostly Danny. <laughs> But there's produce. There's work. There's, 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 there's something that needs to come forth through that. This year's been a weird year for gardening 
But Jenny's starting to have a produce now out of her garden. But it's just been a dry, and it's been a, it's been a, a somewhat of a difficult year in that sense. But there is a produce. So when my faith is tried, I have to understand that God wants to show himself on my behalf here. And it's something that I haven't probably ever experienced before. And that's okay. How many here like new things? When you get older, what is the deal when new things, like, okay, you're challenged to do something differently? I got a call on the phone the other day. It's like, hey, Tom, you want to come and, and pour some curbing at this, at this coffee place in town? Right? I've never done that before. And apparently, you guys haven't done it either. <laughs> Don't let that get out. But we were out there doing curbing. And there's something that happens on the inside of you when you start doing something for the first time. I don't want to call it anxiety. I want to put something else different there. But there's this, oh, why can't I just do the same thing that, you know, we always do, right? Just kind of like, but there's this excitement, I want to say, perhaps an anticipation of what this might look like or how it is. But in God, he wants us to have a quiet and a strong confidence in who he is in us and who he can be in us during those difficult times to reveal his glory and his power and his heaven in your life. Amen? That's why we count it all joy. You would never know it if nothing ever happened. You just wouldn't know how good your God is. And we got testimonies after testimonies in the church about, I think of Deb, I think of Mary, I think of Isaac, I think of all the things that you have fought for. And you could call it a trial, but it was a trial and it brought you to a better place, it brought you to a peace, it brought you to an understanding of how good God is and how big he is. Amen? It's just when we're in the middle of it, it just... Ah, right? I want to read this with the, with the disciples because you're not the only one that's been on earth. And you're not the only one who's gone through something difficult. And you're not the only one who, who, who's out here on earth that has had to face a trial. There's others, and they, they've overcome. So I like to look at that, and I say, well, how, how did they overcome, and how can we relate to that? Um, but Jesus had his disciples. And this was an encounter with the disciples uh, in Luke chapter, let's go to 22. And Jesus is with his disciples. And this is interesting. He said there's a dispute around, uh, came amongst the disciples. And they were thinking of each other. He says, well, I wonder who's the greatest amongst us, the disciples. What a wonderful thought. I'm better than you. I'm... I'm Jesus' favorite. No, I'm Jesus' favorite. Seems a bit childish in a way. But there was a dispute. And here's what Jesus said. The kings of the Gentiles lord over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves the benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Say, I'm not supposed to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who's sitting at the table? But I am among you, say among us, as one who serves. You are those who have, been, who have stood by me in my trials. And I confer, I put on you, on you a kingdom, just as my Father has instowed, put into me, the kingdom, so that you may eat and drink at my table in the kingdom and sit on thrones. Come on. This is talking about kingdom now stuff. 
okay? And sit on thrones. Judging the 12 tribes. And this is what he says to Simon. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. Say, pray for you. Simon, that your faith may not fail. And that when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Okay? So here, Jesus is talking about the position that we have when we go through things and when we think of ourselves as strong. He says, be as one who serves. And a couple weeks ago, we talked about Joseph. Right? How easy is it to serve when Joseph was in the prison? Oh, I bet you that was fun. Oh, that was a great time. And the key to serving God I'm not just talking about bringing food to somebody. These guys had serious problems in the cell. And Joseph was there, and he needed to hear from God. And the hardest part of going through some difficult things is hearing from God. It just is. I'm telling you. It's quiet. And here you're going through something in a place, and, and to hear God's voice, which is the most important thing when we go through something, is to hear the voice of God. To be able to hear his voice in the midst of the trial. Joseph here, as an example of one who serves with, with, with an amazing call of God on his life. Come on, this guy was called, and he had, and legitimately had a dream and a promise from God to where he was going to be, and not, probably in the farthest place that he thought he should be, was in a jail cell. And the people that he thought should be the closest, and the ones that were going for him, that should support him the most, his brothers, were the the ones that sold him into a place that was worse than death, was slavery. Come on, these are the things that can distract us to cut us off from hearing the voice of God. Because God, if you're God, and this is what gets in your mind, what am I doing here? Right? What am I doing here in this place that seems like the opposite place to where I, I know, God, you want me? Right? Where I, want, I know you want me in a better place than this. But Joseph, a, a man who heard God's voice, in the darkest place, ministered and released God's word to two people. Right? And here's what I believe. I believe our morale is being shifted because God is wanting to speak to us personally in our heart, and he's also wanting us to minister and serve in the place that we're in. Will you serve me in the place that you're in right now? Because your willingness to hear my voice and release it to where you are now will open up the doors to your future. And it will build into you that perseverance that we just talked about in James, the fruit that needs to come with, it will fortify your heart to know that I know that I know that I know who my God is in my darkest times, and I'm confident in it. Because it was a terrible place. I don't know what jail's like. I don't know what it was back then. I'm sure it wasn't a very good place. It makes me think of somebody and if you know who this person is, it was a couple years ago that he went through a very difficult circumstance. And this is what he wrote. He said, while riding, and he, had, he suffered a terrible accident. He says, while riding back in the ambulance, I did not know what my fu- football future had in store for me. But in the midst of so much uncertainty and pain, I found peace and my purpose in my life. 
This is someone that, if you're a Vikings fan, you do know. In the past five years. Suffered a horrible injury. Horrible injury. Go ahead, Isaac. Teddy Bridgewater. Jenny, do we got a prize for him? <laughs> what did he find? It said, it said, I found peace. Sometimes we pray like this, get me out of here, right? Get me out of this mess. One day, when, I'm, when, I get, when I get this taken care of, I'll have peace. When this is done, I'll have peace. When I get in my position, when I'm up here and my brothers are down here, that's when I'm going to feel good. Because I'm going to look at you guys. You, there, this is it. And I'll get my vengeance and I'll prove it to them. Right? That's when I'll be happy. And so many times we think this way. As a, as a contractor... As a contractor, I wait till my season's over before I have peace. I don't want these 20 jobs on my mind day and night, though it's my responsibility to do these jobs. You know what I'm talking about. I was just praying with a guy the other day. Just, I can't wait till winter comes. <laughs> and I know what that feels like because I got all these things on my mind and I can't sleep at night and I'm just thinking about the next project to the next project to the next project. It's tormenting you. Torments me. Till last year I got hit in the head and now I can't remember stuff, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> I remember. I sleep great. Thank you, Jesus. Right, honey? Yeah, the sounds of peace. <laughs> Ooh. It what it is what God says. In those times that prepare you for your future. And God wants to speak to you. And so many times we just say, just get me out of here. And he says, wait, I want to talk to you. I need to reach you in this spot right here. Because it just seems like it's always back to this spot. And I'm not trying to point at you, <laughs> but that spot. And it always comes back to that spot. And then we get through that, and it always comes back to that spot. What is about that spot that you want to show me that it may give you glory and produce fruit and honor your name? There's something about that always comes around to this spot that God is wanting to speak and release heaven now and say, this is who I am for you in this place. We do love and respect with, with, with couples. We talk about energizing cycle. And, f and serving our spouses. Not just food, but their love language. Whether or not we think they deserve it, whether or not you feel like it, right? Like we're trying to force them to do something by denying them something. That's what they call the crazy cycle is. I have to ask you a question. Did Jesus do that to you? Did he deny you salvation until you got your act together? Until you begin to worship him and give him everything, then did he deny you salvation? Did he do that to you? Did he hold that love from you? He love is like a freight train. Whoop, whoop. Until you got your act together. Then it came like a... No. It came when you were miserable. It came when you were undeserving. It came when you were not treating people around you right. He came like a flood when you were in your lowest state. That was, that's me. That's me. Totally. That's why I love him so much. He's so good to me. What did you do, Tom? I fell down. I, I broke my head open. I 
fractured my back. I, 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 I got consumed with work. I was, I, was, I was somewhat depressed. I couldn't sleep at night. Well, that was great, but where did he meet me? He met me at that place where I said, God, hey, I don't like this. I feel like I'm drowning. You got to get out of this stuff. And boom, sorry, boom. He came like a freight train. And this peace, did I still have all the jobs? Yes. Did I still have all of the situation in front of me that I needed to walk through? Absolutely, I did. But I found my purpose and I found my peace right there. That night, I said, God, and I heard his voice. And so much, when he said, Paul, or Peter, when he talked to Peter, he said, listen, you're going to go on a little trip here. And it wasn't condemning Peter, and we're not condemned. Peter, you're going to go on a little trip here, and it's going to be tough. But I'm praying that your faith is going to keep on going. What should we be doing? We should be praying that our faith is going to keep on going. Yeah, it's going to be hard. Paul wept. Paul wasn't a wimp. Come on, Paul was not a wimp. Paul was on the front lines. Paul was taking the hits. Or Peter, excuse me, Peter. Peter was on the front lines. Peter was grabbing his sword. The dude was, the dude was an animal. Awesome. But he had to go on a little journey. He had to discover something about himself. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with going on a little trial, a little journey, and God said, he's, Jesus said, you know what, you're going to go on this journey. But he says, when you come back to me, and when you turn, and this is, these, are, these are huge words of redemption. These are huge words of power, and that what Jesus was I, I, speaking to him, he says, listen, Peter, it says uh, in chapter 22, you go to verse 20, uh, 30, 32, it says, but I have prayed for you, Simon. Who's praying for us right now? that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, here's what I believe when he says turn back. Here's because this is what I feel. When you're at that place and you're calling on that, there's this place in your heart that I don't know if you think it's, it's, it's just so personal, it's so deep, it's something that just got, got a hold of me, but th- you take that thing and you turn it and you give Christ full access. Because that's where I put my hope in. Other things disappoint, but there's something about that place that's deep that, that Peter was experiencing that it was going to become full access. Full heaven now, full encounter with Christ, and I'm going to turn, have a complete turnover. In his mind, he wanted to think, but it was an experience that he walked through that revealed that to him, and it, it, it broke him for a bit. And there's nothing wrong with that. Peter, it's all right. It's okay, Peter, to have a find a place where that you just need to have a turnover. Say, oh man, God, take this. I don't like this. Whatever part this is of me, that just, it's like a, like a sour grape. It's like, a, like a, a feeling of impending doom when a situation or something comes up and it just causes your heart to sink. He says, he says, turn back, he said, and strengthen your brothers, right? We turn back to Jesus and we take those, we take those experiences and we turn back and we strengthen our brothers. We encourage one another in the faith. As Jake was marching, I found something so encouraging about that. Oh, that's so spiritual to walk around in church. But don't you find that encouraging? I did, right? I found, what I found really encouraging this morning, a Jim greeting me at the door, that, that's some of the most powerful ministry it's not about this sermon. It's not about me talking about you 
That encounter, you at your job site, me, my, my greatest spiritual moment this morning might have been just hugging my daughter. I kind of feel like that way. Just, good morning. Wow, heaven now, right there. Heaven now in your home. Heaven now with, with, with your spouse. Heaven now with your job. Heaven now. Those things are impactful, and it's in those places. The place, say, the place that I'm at now. Say, where I am now. Say, where I am now. Where you are right now. No, no, not somewhere else. When I get there, I'm going to glorify. When I get there, I'm going to pray. When, they, when I get here, then I'll release. When I get here, I'll do the turnover. No, it's right now. It's just the way it is. And it's in this place where you have that turnover that God instills, he, he shows himself great, and as Jake said, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God because he meets me there. He can meet me right here in the midst of it. It's in that place where he reveals to that that he releases something. He says, now you got it. That's what I wanted to show you this whole time. I wanted to show you that even though something here on earth, that earth happens, things happen here on earth, when they collide with heaven, heaven overthrows. There's no death in heaven. You know, you go through a loss. You go through something like that. But something in our heart says it's over. But there's, some, there's, there's an eternal kingdom that he wants to reveal to you to say, listen, you don't need to be afraid of these things because these are only temporary. And you've got to understand that when you turn those things over, I can come in and make something great out of that. You've got to understand, as Joseph finally understood, he said, you couldn't stop the call of God on my life. You, you couldn't do it. Actually, what God did is he took all of this to put me in a position to come back and set me free and to give you a life and to give you a hope. Could that be you? Come on, could that be you for your family? Could that be you for your spouse? Could that be you for your job in the place that you are right now? Could you be that one? Ha! What? I think it's so powerful. And it's now. It's where you're at right now. It's just everything. And then you release your now moment in when I'm, when I, I don't know, when you drive that train, are you by yourself? Okay, you say, hey, bud, what's up? Yeah, that's cool. It's in your face. It's in your attitude. It's all around you. Where Joseph went, he found favor with God. Every time. Even in the jail, he found favor with God. And because he found favor with God, because he, he kept the faith. Say, keep the faith. Keep the faith. God put him in a position. God was able to use him in prison. What if he didn't interpret those dreams? Just right now. What if I'm, I decide not to, be a, to, to step into this place now with my, with my kids or my father or my spouse or my job? What happens then? Where do you think he's going to be? In jail. <laughs> he's going to still be there. They would have never spoke of him to the king. They would have never passed the message on. Nothing would have changed. And he would have stayed right there. So how important is it to capture God in the midst of something dark? Whoo! How important is it to capture God in the midst of something dark? Because one, that one moment, I'm telling you, that one moment decided the rest of it. Oh, no pressure. <laughs> right? But that's the goodness of God. I don't know how he does it, but I feel like there's times that I've failed apart. Right? And I pray by the grace and the mercy of God that he watches over my children 
even though I have messed up. I pray by the grace and mercy of God that he watches over my wife even though I messed up. I pray by the grace and the mercy of God that he watches over my business even though I messed up. And that if there's something there that he wants me to give, by his, by his goodness, he covered me so that until I could get to that place where I said, you know what, that's wrong. That's right, I gotta change that. Honey, thank you for being so patient with me. Not there's that many things. Just a couple. Just a few. Thank you, God, for somebody who would walk that journey with me for that long a time and stay faithful that I could see the glory and the goodness of God and I could have a turnover, a personal turnover to him. That's the ministry and the goodness of God. Right? In your family, in your kids, in your life, the most spiritual thing that you're called to maybe give your grandkid a hug and love on them today. I'm talking about right now. There's no waiting. You can do that right now. Call them up. Hey, I was just thinking about you. Awesome. And be honest. If you were, do it. I, I think about my wife more frequently than I let her know. And I'm finding out that I'm doing the work but not getting any of the credit. <laughs> Why do that? Why do all that work? Because you do. Guys, you do. Because I know you. You'll be working and you'll be thinking of her and you'll be like, well, I'll have to stop and text her or something. But you don't. But if you did, you would get credit for the work that you're doing. It's a free one. You all owe me. I learned that one. <laughs> Charge you at the door. It's so true. Why are we doing the work of being in the midst of a trial and not getting any credit for it? We just have that turnover. Just turn it over. It's awesome. We're already doing the work. You're already going through the hard part of it. Turn that thing over and say, God, what do you want? That's why Graham Cook says, show me who you want to be for me. How big is God here right now for me? Right? Not by my pipe, not by my strength, not by my power, but who is God going to be for me right now in the midst of this? It's good. Because he wants to come in your life right now and be the difference maker, the way maker. His spirit will come. He will encourage you. He will stir you up. He will love on you. And there's just such peace in it. There's such peace in it. And as I prayed for that individual, as I wrap here, as I prayed and lay hands, I could just feel it on him. And guys, as he said to Paul, he said, listen, after you go through this, go back and strengthen your brother. Go back and encourage them. Just because you know what? I need encouragement. There are people around me that need encouragement. I need encouragement. And Jesus, did you ever notice, Jesus said, you guys were with me through my trials? Did you ever notice that? He had, he had a posse. He didn't go alone through his trials. I don't think we're ever meant to go through anything alone, but he had his posse go with him through those things. You stood with me through those things. And I really feel that as morale comes back, that there are encouragers and exhorters, but to heaven now in my homes. How many want heaven now in my home? How many want heaven now in my business? How many want heaven now in my heart, just for me? Like right now, man, you know what? Come on. I want that turnover that Peter had here. And it's not waiting on everybody else to change or everybody else to do something for me or everybody else to do this. It's about me and him right now. And that can happen right now. Why don't we stand up this morning? I just want to pray this from my heart. Father God, I thank you. Father God, I thank you that you are the God of the now. The Bible says now faith is, the faith that we have now, Lord Jesus, that makes a difference, that changes the tide. And Father God, as I was speaking this morning, there are places in our heart where it just seems like 
it, I almost see a sign that says off limits. This is off limits, God. I see a turnover and say limitless, God. God, you can do all things. You can take every pain. You can take every hurt. You can take every abuse. You can take, there's no place too deep for you that God Almighty cannot heal or relate and restore and breathe in. And I just really see the breath of God coming in and bringing a peace and a restoration and a freedom to the house. That he's lifting up the morale of his people, the mental anguish, the things that have said, well, I'm not seeing what I want to see. But he's overriding that with his presence and his goodness like a freight train. Father God, you are the God Almighty. There is nothing too hard for you, Lord Jesus. As it says in Isaiah 43, it says, as he begins to describe, he says, this is what the Lord says, the Holy One for Israel. For your sake, I will send my army against Babylon, forcing the Babylonians to flee in the ships that they are so proud of. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel, Creator King. I am the Lord who opened the way through the waters, making dry path through the seas. I called forth my mighty armor through Egypt, through the chariots and the horses. I drew them beneath the waves. I drowned their lives and snuffed them out like a smothering candlewick. But forget all that. Move on. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in dry wastelands. And wild animals and fields will drink. They will find life. They will find rescue. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland. And my chosen people can be refreshed. I speak refreshing right now on the people of God. I have made Israel for myself. And they will someday honor me. He will get the glory. For a people in a dry land, Father God, we look to you, Lord Jesus, for the refreshing and the releasing and the power in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to think of that one thing, the turnover. There's that, is it a job situation? Is it a relationship situation? I want you to put it in the palm of your hand. And then I want you to open it up and push it up to him. Just whatever that thought is, is it just the thinking of tomorrow or the next day or that person. Whatever it is, Father God, we put that in your hand and we just give it to you, Lord Jesus. And I say this to you, Lord. You can have that place. And whatever you want with that, you can have it, Lord. And there's a release there. Whatever you want, God, you can have that. There's something so powerful about just releasing that to the Father. If that's you at home, just do that. Just release it right now, whatever it is. Put it in your hand. Come on, put it in your hand and just lift it up to him so you can have that place. I'm, I'm having that turnover in my heart, and I'm giving that to you, God. No more. I'm putting my hope and my trust in you, and there's no more limits there. You can have that place because I know you're a loving God. God, I just pray as they make that thing, Lord Jesus, I know who you are. And I know by your spirit, you're touching their hearts right now. Hallelujah. By the love of God. By the love of God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lift up your, if, there's, if you're at a good place, lift up your brother. Lift up your sister right now. We lift up this brother. We lift up this sister. We lift up this person right now. We put him and her in the palm of our hands. Lord Jesus, we begin to lift them up in prayer. Lord, whatever it's a wife, 
whether it's a, with a husband or a child, Father God. Lord, right now we lift them up. We think of their name and we lift them up to you, Father God. Come on, we intercede on the behalf of those that we love, Lord Jesus. Lord, they may be in a dark place, but God, say, I say, speak to them, Lord Jesus. Create rivers, Lord, in a dry place. Lord, connect, Father God, to the hearts. Let them turn, Lord Jesus, and see your goodness and your love. And Father, if it's me, they need to see it. Help me, Lord Jesus. Show your glory in their lives, Father. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Father God. We thank you for your word. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you for your presence. Hallelujah, Father God. Thank you, Lord, for sealing some of this. Come on. We don't want to let this go here. Lord, help us seal this. That there's something you imparted in us that doesn't go away. But, Father God, that it's sealed in our hearts. That it's written on the tablets of our hearts, Father. About my next day in heaven now. And a limitless God. Setting us free from fear, from worry, from torment of work, from thoughts, from sleepless nights, from concerns. I'm free because I've turned that over to the Creator. Use me, Lord. Speak to us, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you want prayer, let's do it now. <laughs> prayer now. Don't. I'm just going to leave it. Hallelujah, Jesus. If you want prayer, we'll be up here, Jenny, I, and the elders. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Father, we thank you, Lord, for the word of God. We believe, Lord, that the word is strong. We believe that it is for the now time. And as uh, we have been instructed, if you would come and and uh, needing prayer now, it's the now time. So you can come forward, uh, anyone that is needing prayer, and, and our brothers and sisters will pray for you, and you'll get answers to the questions and the prayers that are uh, been on your heart. Um, it'll change your life. Danny. Hallelujah. Next Sunday, we have fellowship dinner right after the service. Okay, remember also um, Harvest Fest, the 31st of October, and tell everybody about the conference November 18th through the 21st, all right? Tell everybody about it. Invite them. It's going to be a good time. And I, I just encourage you, do that. This is a high time of our year. So encourage people to come, okay? Fellowship dinner, I'll send out an email later on this week uh, telling you what you can bring, okay? Or asking what you can bring. <laughs> we don't tell, we ask, okay? Thank you. Heaven now. Heaven now. You know what? That's, that's, that's what we live in. And, and Linda and I and Willie would covet your prayers because we leave for Africa on the 27th of October and we get back on November 12th. And so we get to visit the well that you guys all help pay for. 
we get to do that and we're we're super excited about that we get to meet the people again in uh, in Uganda and then we get to go to South Africa and meet the people that Willie's been ministering to so this is kind of a double pro, uh, approach and uh, we just praise God for meeting for meeting every single one of our needs because he does it every single time Amen. well father we thank you Lord for this time for this season as you're leaving this week we believe that the mighty God of heaven and earth or is with you with your family with your kids and with the requests that you ask for we believe that God will answer those requests God bless you. May you go with the peace and the power of Christ again. We invite you to come, and, and we're wanting to lay hands on and pray. That's a biblical deal. So if, if that's where you're at, please do that. And have a wonderful, wonderful day in Jesus and this next week. Amen. You are dismissed.